Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee. is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. Good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes, and we will be there in just a couple weeks, as a matter of fact. And we also do want to say a big thank you to Peterbrook Chocolate for giving us some chocolate heels, which we've actually, thanks to Bly, been able to give away to some special guests we've had on the show before, some Jags players. And I tweeted out a picture last week, so if you missed that, I'm sure we'll tweet out some more tonight. And uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for the contest in which we will award one of the chocolate heels. So, for me, it was a great football weekend. How about you, Murph? Um, you know what? I have to say it was very disappointing uh, Saturday. I thought there were going to be better matchup. There, you know, the games were so hyped up. Sure. Like, your game was good. It was good. It came down to the end. But that Georgia-Alabama <laughs> game was just... Did you watch my game? <laughs> yeah. You thought it came down to the end? No, it didn't. That's right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I'm a week behind. I'm going with the Tennessee game. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. That one definitely that one came, came down, down to, the to the end. Yeah. I love uh, that reaction. <laughs> Did you? I'm like, yeah. No, that's I'm the most high pitched my voice gets. <laughs> but that's why it was disappointing. They all no, And that's good what game. I agree with you. Yeah. It it, for, people, for people who weren't a Florida fan or an Alabama fan, you were severely disappointed with the turnout yeah. of those games. AKA me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tell me about your game, Amanda, because I was not able to watch it, unfortunately. Oh, well, you didn't miss anything. That was, I mean, obviously it was a win for the Seminoles. Um, a win in the victory category, maybe not so much Closer elsewhere. than you would like, though, right? That's what I mean. Like, it shouldn't have been that close. It was a sloppy game. Dalvin Cook got hurt. Um, Everett Golson, he can't figure out how to move the ball. Um, the offense as a whole, I'm just, it's just strange mm-hmm. to me. Um I, at this point, am nervous to face the Gators. But you take on the Canes beforehand. Right. So, But I'm not worried about them. No? No. Wow. Well, all right. No way. <laughs> I mean, it is in Tallahassee, so obviously advantage right. there. And then right. the game where we will not be friends for the entire week before. Right. That one's in the swamp. Ooh. Right. Um, all right. So, like I said, I had a phenomenal college football weekend. I wasn't planning on going to Florida Ole Miss. That's uh, cool that you got to go. But yeah. A friend of mine, well, unfortunately, uh, there was some sad circumstances that led to me getting the tickets uh-huh. however was able to go to the game and had great seats um in the end zone and it was just i mean obviously from start to finish was way better than i could have ever expected watched the georgia bama game on a tv in the parking lot and that went well because i wanted georgia to lose naturally not that i ever wanted alabama to win but alabama already had a loss so i wanted georgia to face defeat as well and then uh and then yeah obviously just it was electrifying being in there. And it was the first time in a long time where I would say the crowd stayed in it through the whole game. I mean, we were up 38 to three. It was an easy and game. And on third down, everyone's still making just as, just as much noise in the fourth quarter as they were in the first well, quarter. Because of the crap seasons you've had. Well, sure, but couple. there's still at that point a lot of spoiled fan bases that'd be like, all right, we're up 38-3. I'm going out, go. you know? Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. But um, so that was Saturday. Now let's get to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I've already forgotten about that day. Have you? I don't know that I'll ever forget. <laughs> we actually were celebrating my grandfather's 94th birthday on Sunday. Oh, wow, yeah, amazing. I know, right? Happy birthday again yeah. to my grandfather, Opa. Um, but so he is friends with... Wait. Yeah. Opa? Opa. 
O apostrophe P A. Is that it, his name or is that what you call him? That's that? what we call him. Oh, it's, it's, it's German? Dutch. It's oh, Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. Okay. Um, my eldest cousin was born in the Netherlands when my mom's oldest brother oh, was hell. working okay. over there. So <laughs> yeah, that's all. Okay, yeah. Cool. Anyway. You asked. Off you tracks. asked. I'm telling you. So anyway, so the priest actually from my grandfather's church came over to like say hi to everybody and get food. And after Jason Myers missed again, the priest goes, sorry, I wasn't any help. I was praying. Oh, <laughs> That's why you don't pray God. for victories. No, and he, obviously he's joking. Right, but, right. but yeah, still. All right, Blythe, tell me how it felt from the moment you realized that we could lose the game to the moment we actually lost the game. Um, I mean, it felt like nobody really wanted to win the game. It, it, it just felt like the whole team was was playing timid, was playing tight. Uh, they, they felt disorganized. They felt mismanaged. Uh, and it, it just, it, it screamed to me, like, who could lose the game worse? That really, it was like, no one is going to win this game outright. And you just, you watch it, and it's the same old story. We couldn't beat a 40-year-old backup quarterback <laughs> who hasn't played in three years. But at the end of the day... It, I wasn't that I, I was frustrated, but my Monday wasn't affected by it. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because it maybe it just means I'm getting numb to the losses now. Uh, but it, I, I wasn't in a bad mood yesterday. I, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, here we go again, you know, and, and one of my buddies who's a Colts blogger and, and he said, he's like, you got to have a regime change. It's a rinse, wash, repeat sort of situation. And it's like, OK, well, here we go. Let's just control what we can control and, you know, have fun at the games because we can't control anything that's on the field. See, I was wondering if you had maybe a better Monday because of the fact that there were some good things that came out of it and it really did boil down to you know, something that would is less than a few feet off the mark. So there was the first 300-yard passing game, 100-yard rushing game, and 100-yard receiving game. So I didn't know if maybe you looked at it like that. Like, all right, well, next time we're in the situation, odds are he makes the kick and, you know, we're celebrating. Maybe? No? Uh, no, not not really. <laughs> I, I think that there were a lot of stats that, that proved that, you know, the offense is getting a little better but once we cross the 50-yard line, we're not scoring points. You know, we're, we're, we have a running back that's on pace for 1,000 yards this year. We have two wide receivers that are on pace for 1,200 yards. We have a quarterback that's on pace to throw, I think, for 4,000 yards. And yet, we cannot score points. We are 31st in the league in scoring. And I think that that is just abysmal. And I don't know what the solution is. I know it's not firing the coaching staff middle of the season because that doesn't do anything. But I don't know what we do at this point. This stunk, man. It was, it was <laughs> bad. It was bad. Three things right away went through my head. One is work's going to suck tomorrow. That was my first mm, one. Yep. This is going to suck. Two, and it did happen. And I, there's so many reasons why I love Mike Dempsey. So many reasons. And one of them is, is because he will hang up on the morons that call <laughs> And right away, I'm like... But we rest- appreciate all of you for listening. Right. <laughs> but if you're going to call in and talk about where SCOBY, don't even bother. Oh, know? I did hear that. that was... And I, that was my second thought right away. People are going to call up and ask for SCOBY. And that's just so... Such a bad idea. I don't know what goes through those people's heads, but it's not great ideas. And the third one was, I don't understand what happened between playing against New England and going up to this game because I would have thought that they would have gotten better because they played the best there was. So you should have learned. You should have corrected your mistakes. If they would have played this way, 
against New England, that score would have been maybe doubled. <laughs> it's it was bad. We it had as many points as penalties yeah, in that it's, game. It's mm-hmm. so I don't understand the second half. What happens? What happens? Explain. I can tell you, like you said, a bad Monday. I can tell you there is probably nothing worse than being a coach or a player having to rewatch film like that between last week and this week. Like last week, you didn't even want to think about that game again, but you have to rewatch it the, right. against the Patriots. And this week, poor Jason Myers. I don't know if he has to watch film or not, but whomever is in that room, like, you know what's about to happen and you can't fix it. And like I said, it's not all about the kick that missed, but knowing that you were that close and it slips through your fingers. Even if we win that game, there's still an enormous amount of questions for this team. We have scored, with the exception of the Patriots game, we have scored three points in the second half and three games combined. Mm -hmm. That is inexcusable. The problem with kickers, not only Jason Myers, is that everyone sees, obviously, whether you miss or you make it. Well, don't forget about all of the other players that made mm-hmm. mistakes during that game. Yes, Jason Myers' kick could have solidified that win, but there were missed tackles. The offense couldn't do anything in the red zone. The whole entire second half was just ridiculous. So you can't blame Jason Myers, and Gus has stressed over and over again, specifically this past Monday, they expected waves is what he calls it with signing a rookie kicker and having confidence in a young guy they know he's going to make mistakes yeah it sucked that the mistakes that he made Sunday cost them the game essentially but that's not what they're looking at they're looking at the big picture which I think fans need to try to see as well it's week five there are still chances to win games does it look good at this point to be honest no but there are still so many more games to be played. So don't freak out yet. I think fans are, to your point, I think they're allowed to freak out at this point because it has been, the last two weeks at least, have been so decimating for their hope. Right. However, if you choose not to freak out and you want to still be excited, there are still lots of things to get excited about. Players are going to return from injuries. We still haven't seen Cinderic Marks, mm-hmm. one of their best players on defense, if not the best player last year. And we haven't seen Julius Thomas. And Marquise Lee has been injured. And, of course, yes, we lost Brandon Linder. So that means AJ Can's going to step up, and we'll see what he can do. So there are ways that the team can improve. Blake can study game film and maybe learn when not to throw some of the picks that he threw um, so far this season. So there are things to be excited about. Plus... Y'all, regardless of whether a team is good or not, there's only 16 football games. Football season only lasts so long. So there's that, regardless of anything else. But I think where I'm looking at is this coming weekend against Tampa, and we'll talk about it later, I think will determine the the major, whether excitement or outpouring for the fan base and whether or not they can beat good old Jameis. Amanda's Jameis. All right. Coming up next, we are going to talk to Michaela Bradley, wife of Gus Bradley, and we hope that all of y'all join us at the Meet Me at the 50 event next Thursday night, October 15th at the stadium. We'll give you some more information in just a little bit, but we are going to talk to her about that event and all that she does with the Jags. You're listening to Helmets and Heels Built by Dreamfinder Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is a man's world.
listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. What she said. Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes. Comes the next 92.5 FM every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. during the season. We are happy to be here with you, and we're super excited about our next guest, Michaela Bradley, wife of Gus Bradley, and really just leader in general. Mom, you're a, a physical, not physical trainer, what am I trying to say? You're a um, group. You're not acrobatic. Group, group fitness. Yeah, yes. group fitness instructor. You, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. You, you wear a lot of hats, so we're excited that you're taking time out of your day to join us. Thanks, ladies. I appreciate you having me on tonight. Thank you. So we are super excited also to see you next Thursday night at the stadium. Doors open at 530 at the U.S. Assure Club West. So, Michaela, tell us all about the event. We can't wait. You know what? We're we're really excited because since Gus and I have been here, we were really try to bring to the table through our women's organization, the JWA, as we call it, the Jaguars Women's Association, um, along with PRI Productions, to offer a breast cancer-related event that's driven through our organization where we have, in the last two years, if you guys have known, have done more X's and O's, you know, education, so on and so forth, and making it a really fun night in the past two years now. Coming into this next week, it's going to be a great night, a lot of fun, but we're taking away the X's and O's because what we have found out is our lady fan base across the league is incredibly knowledgeable of the game. And so I'm sure a lot of these women could sit up in that on that stage and teach, you know, a few words to, to some of the men in the, in, the, um, in the league. So I think this year what we're bringing to the table is a really special guest this year. Susie Culver from ESPN has so generously offered her time to come in and really connect with the fans locally, female fans, and um, really more so talk about her journey in the industry of, of uh, broadcasting along with her connection with, um, with cancer and her best friend Stuart Scott. And then the rest of the, the program is going to incorporate a lot of our, our favorites on the team um, along with some coaches to really learn about the lifestyle and the life of the coaches as they've gone through their journey. And along, obviously, with Silent Auction, an awesome band of Be Easy. And um, it's, just, it's going to be a great night. So we're really, really excited. And people don't know, uh, it's jaguars.com slash 50 in order to sign up. And the tickets are just $75 to get all that good stuff. It's going to be great. And, you know, benefiting in the pink, I think that, as we all know, breast cancer is, is it, it, if it hasn't affected someone personally, it's affected maybe a family member or a friend. Um, and, and so I think it's impactful, and especially with Donna Deegan and what she's gone through and what she presents in Jacksonville for breast cancer awareness and research. I think it all collectively comes together. And so um, I think it's, it's, it's just really an important thing to hone in on. So what are you going to be doing that night? Are you speaking? Are you giving us a presentation? What can we expect from you? Well, the powers that be in the programming department say that I've got to say a few words, so I better get the act together and start articulating some words that flow with that North Dakota State University education. I better bring it all together. But, uh, no, it'll, I'll, be, I'll be up on stage with Susie, which is, you know, a huge, you know, I, I never thought in my wildest dreams that, you know, I see her on TV, but to bring her to Jacksonville I think is such a treat. And, um uh, we're going to give her that utmost respect of what Jacksonville offers. And I do think it's going to be a great night. And I hope everybody, all females, come out and, and really, it's really for the cause. Yeah, people haven't been before. It is a blast. And like you said, Michaela, I think our fan base is far more educated. I'm going to give our show some credit and say it's all due to helmets and heels. <laughs> hey, there you go. See, ladies, I tell you what, educators by far, there's no doubt. But I, we're lucky. I mean, it's, we have passionate fan base and 
And I know, I know right now they're saying, hey, let's get some victories, let's get some wins. But I, we, Gus and I both support everybody's rule, the, you know, just the, the positive side of things and the support, and it, it'll, it'll come. It'll come. Well, speaking of support, tell us how you get through hard times and you support Gus through times like these. You know, I think that's a good question. I think you stay true to who you are in, 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 in your marriage, and um, it doesn't matter if you're finding a cure for cancer or you're, you're you know, running a football team. Um, I think everybody, you just you have to stay true in the support of whatever role that your husband or wife may play. And we don't, you know, we're very grounded people, and, um, you know, we, we try to raise our kids in the good fashion that we do. And, um, you know, you, you continue the positive energy because it feeds off to many people around us. And, um, I, I believe in what he's doing. I believe in what that organization is doing. And I think we have an incredible owner. And um, it's, I think all the things are in the right place. So we, he knows we support him. And that's, you know, he comes, walks through that door. And he's a dad and he's a husband and he does an amazing job. Michaela, speaking of the kids, you know, obviously the end of this month, it's Halloween. What do you guys do as a family for Halloween? Well, all I know is I was looking up uh, Halloween costumes for our bulldog, so I think I haven't gotten past that yet. So <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm not sure what everybody else is going to be, but by golly, someone's going to be a seal and maybe an orca. So, and that's a four-legged friend, you know. So uh, we haven't even gotten there yet, but I think uh, Maleficent or Mal are some pretty hot uh, costumes, from what I understand. So my seven-year-old awesome. tells me. What's the bulldog's <laughs> name? Well, we have Lucy Blue and Josie, so uh, they keep us they keep us going. So they're awesome. I did not know that you learn something new every day. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, let me tell you. If you want to come over and visit, <laughs> them. they don't like to go for walks. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh my god. So. <laughs> Do they have their air conditioned dog houses like Uga does for the bulldogs? The Georgia. No, bulldogs? they got a leather couch that they are sprawled out on, so they are just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do any of no, the kids uh, want to dress up like Gus for Halloween? Well, you get one of those bald caps and you're golden. You get a lot of energy. Give him coffee. That actually would probably be a great costume. That would so. be funny. Yeah. I think, it, I think what is, I saw somebody did some impersonations of him on, I don't know, maybe it was YouTube or something. And that it was, I don't know where that guy is today, but he was amazing. So he did a good job. Do your kids have the North Dakota accent as well? You know what? I think everybody stays a little bit under the radar in that, but sometimes every now and again when I'm in class, I throw a Yasher you betcha out there, and they, I, I give myself away, but they don't have that as much as I do. Aww. Michaela, you've been such a backbone to the Jaguars organization since you and Gus got here. What's been your favorite part of working with the team? You know, I think that, you know, every person in that building is the energy and their their drive to want to see – things get better and improve is it's you know it's electric and it's it's fun to be around that and our women's association and and what you know our focus was to create all females in the building or spouses or significant others or if you're a female you're a part of it you may not know it you may not want to participate in it but their energy and their drive to want to reach out in the community and um, make a difference and connect with the following i think is incredible so that drives me to continue to go forward and um we're just really really fortunate well michaela all the things that you do for the as you say the jwa the jaguars women's association including you know you did the the moms you know 101 for uh clinic yeah the clinic clinic teaching us all the the do's and don'ts for football getting the kids ready and everything like that um what else do you have your sights set on in the future 
You know, we do have, you know, we've got kind of a calendar of, of, of items that we do across the board. And, you know, Dave and Joel Caldwell, very passionate about the Humane Society. They kind of kick off our year with their Toast of Animals, which we've already completed. We've got Day of Service where we reach out and, and um, do some, some meals for the less fortunate um, and really connect with them and give them their special day. Uh, in the spring, we also pair with Wilson's Children's Hospital to give those girls that are battling or have battled an opportunity to be pampered for a day. So it's really feel-good situations and, and really trying to give back, and we, we include everybody possible. And, and with the, the support that everybody offers, I mean, it's, it, sometimes we say, well, we don't need that many bodies, which I think is a great problem to have because so many are willing to participate. Michaela Bradley, wife of Jaguars head coach Gus Bradley, joining us now. Michaela, how did you and Gus meet? Oh, gosh, you haven't heard this story yet? No. <laughs> She's somewhat new to town. I am. I don't know the story. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No, uh, you know, actually back in North Dakota State, and um, he'd been coaching for a while, and I actually finished with college, but he had met. Um, he had actually coached my brother, and my brother connected with um, connected us together. And, uh, you know, it was one date, and I thought, man, this guy has got a lot of energy. <laughs> what is so great in this man's life? But, you know, he was raised in an unbelievable family. I give kudos to his parents, and um, and um, he, he definitely is, is who he is every day that people see on TV because um, he has a love for life and a, a passion for getting better. So, um, it, you know, and we just, along this journey, he asked me, can I raise kids by myself? Do I have a lot of girlfriends? You know, all these different things that he knew would help while he could coach and do what he loved to do, he also knew what it probably took on the other side of it to um, to make this equation happen and go forward. So I think he prepped me pretty well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. But what a daunting yeah, question. Can you raise kids by yourself? Oh, I, I know. Sure. When I was four years old, I, I don't I know. <laughs> I, I pretty much punched it on that one and said, yeah. You know? so, sure, why not? But it was good. It's been it's been a great journey. That's for darn sure. That's you, impressive. Was his goal always to be an NFL head coach? To be honest with you, he's always the guy that um, he just tries to do really well of where he's at and doesn't look beyond. And I think I really truly believe good things happen to great people. And you know, he's he's been blessed with an opportunity. He's got great people around him, and um, it's um, you know he doesn't look beyond. And so he's gonna he's gonna work his tail off. Now, you mentioned uh, Gus's family. He recently got to see his mom on the sidelines. That yes. picture brought tears to my eyes. I loved it. You know what? I'll tell you what. He is, um, his relationship with his mom is, is outstanding, and, and she, is, she is just a gem of a person, you know, one of the kindest hearts I've ever met. So I'm, we're fortunate to, I'm fortunate to have a mother-in-law as sweet as she is. So I love that. Michaela, how do you help the family and Gus sort of, I guess, ignore the distractions on the football field and, and, and sort of revert the attention back to what's important in life? Well, I think, you know, we, we rely a lot on our faith and, and what's important. We constantly stress that you ignore the noise in a sense, and you just stick true to who you are. And, um, and we support one another. We back one another. I mean, we have, it's, it's just something that's always been a constant in our house. We preach it. And, you know, when you, when you believe it in your heart, it's not hard. And, you know, they feel for him at times because, you know, it's out there. And um, But at the end of the day, when they when he comes home and, you know, he asks them about their day and is excited for them, they, they're, you know, they see their dad in a different light. They don't really read a whole lot. And, you know, they surround themselves with people that lift them up. So we're, we're really fortunate. The kids obviously watch the games. Do they get really invested? I feel like, you know, they'd get upset, you know, when, when the team loses and they know that's their dad out there. Right, right. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, we've got an 11-year-old that's super competitive, so there's a little a little bit more passion in him. He's pacing <laughs> the floor maybe more than the normal routine. But, um, yeah, you know, they, they get into it because they, they know how invested our entire family is and, and all the other families around that are part of the organization. So it, they know it affects everybody. And um, But, you know, they're they're excited. They Our boys are fortunate to be down on the sidelines, and we always make sure that they're aware that that's a – you know, it's, it's such a great opportunity and never take it lightly. So, so Michaela, your mom of four, wife to an NFL coach, raising some kids by yourself. <laughs> what do you do for fun? What's your release? You know, I, I, it's group fitness. I love being in the gym with, with people that are trying to better their health and, you know, create those awesome endorphins. And, you know, um, I was teaching group fitness in the area before really anybody knew that I was paired with him. So I think having your own identity in a sense too to to um have a positive impact in other people's lives that um you know it's because of what i bring to the table i think is a is a good thing it's a positive thing to have and i just i love that you know i'm not a big shopper you know i'm not a big um good for you i just like to be with people you know i love yeah. to be with people do you teach zumba is that your thing that you do not want to see me do. <laughs> oh my gosh it's so hard <laughs> You know what? I'm probably getting too old to be doing the jumping around, but I sure enjoy it. So we do a lot of you know, hit training and interval style. So it's fun. I probably should do yoga. Both Gus and I should probably go together, maybe get a little zen in our life. But, yeah. um, you know what? It, it, it's all great. It's, it's you know all positive stuff. So I can't complain. Awesome. Well, we could not thank you enough for taking a few moments out of your busy schedule to join us. I and love it. Thank I know you. you're always the best and so excited, like I said, about next Thursday night. I don't know exactly what we're doing. I just know we're showing up and having a good old time. <laughs> I hope so. You know what? And that's what I encourage people just to come and really it's about the cause and whatever happens through the course of the night is just the added bonus. And and um, I, I, I promise you won't be disappointed. Awesome. Now, one last question. The meet me at the 50. Are we literally meeting on the football field? We are. We are outside yes. oh, with the nice. stage on the 50-yard line. However, we're not on the field because I think Dave Caldwell might uh, have something to say with that. We don't want to tear up the field. But we are actually in the stands with the stages on the 50. So it's it's pretty incredible um, experience. And like I said, Randy with PRI Productions has allowed us the opportunity to make it the, uh, bigger and better than last year. Fantastic. I love it. I love being outside. All right. Well, we will see you next Thursday. Like I said, for everyone else, jaguars.com slash 50. Michaela, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Thank Thank you, you too. Thanks, Michaela. Take care. Bye-bye. So when we were emailing and having Michaela set up her time on the show, she was like, trust me, I'll find a nice, quiet place in the house (laughs) and join y'all because I can't exactly make it (laughs) to the studio considering it's dinner time, homework time, all that fun stuff. So thanks again to Michaela Bradley, wife of Gus Bradley, for joining us. I keep threatening that I'm going to go take one of her classes because I know where the gyms are. Why is that a threat? Well, because, you know. Because she's a stalker. Yeah, kind of. Oh, true. Yeah, but I haven't haven't made it yet. So someday. I'm surprised you didn't ask her where she teaches. Oh, I did last oh, time we had her on. And then oh. and then I followed up with an email, like, which ones exactly and what time? Uh, that's we why should I go. We I should all go. go. And we really should. be worn out. That would be awesome. I would love it. I would love it. Oh, so much fun. All right. I love her. We are going to get back to some football talk because, you know, we can't stay too far away from it this time of year. You are listening to Helmets and Heels Built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL on 2.5 FM. Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Hey, Donna. Hey, hey, hey. Do you like shoes? Oh, I love shoes. Hey, Blythe. Do you like shoes? I love shoes. Hey, Amanda. Yes. Do you like feet? (laughs) 
Um, I can't help but move to this song, man. No, I don't like feet. <laughs> do you like shoes? I do like shoes. Do y'all like heels? We do. Who's wearing them? Only Demer. <laughs> the only one strong in the shoe game tonight. I'm too tall for heels. Always? Sure. <laughs> Always? They kill my feet, but I wear them when I have to. I love how they look. I just hate how they feel. <laughs> you know, I would tell you that I almost always agree with that sentiment until last year yeah. at a revelation. I went to the real Nordstrom, not the Nordstrom rack like I typically go to, but the real Nordstrom. Oh, I love the rack. It's such I, a great place. I do too. However, there was like a clearance shoe section mm-hmm. at the real Nordstrom and these shoes, these heels... I have never worn more comfortable heels in my life. That so like exist. splurging. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I can wear them for hours upon hours upon and hours. And I one. never wear heels. I wear sneakers, flip flops. Right. The, the tan ones sandals. that we've been seeing you wear? No, they are they're black ones. Mm-hmm. I wore them to the event we did at the Southside Business Men's oh, okay. Club. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah. Thanks. Well anyway, uh getting back to the heel part of it. <laughs> far more important. Um the very first military caller to call us. After we give you the signal, is going to win our Peter Book Chocolatier Chocolate Heel. So, Donna, mm-hmm. you came up with an excellent idea for our contest. The sweetest moment that happened yeah. this past weekend. It was a tying into chocolate. Yeah. So, and I was fortunate enough, I got to see it in person. The University of Florida destroying Ole Miss Rebels. Not coming down to the last second. <laughs> Not coming down to the last oh, second. Last week. <laughs> but I loved it. Uh, nonetheless. So, they reunited a, a deployed military, active duty military husband and father with his family on the field. And they tricked everyone, of course, because they show him talking and doing the gator chomp and all that stuff. And the family's on the field. And you expect to see when you're watching on TV, you expect to see the camera cut away. And when you're there, you expect, you know, for it to go away. And all of a sudden, if you haven't seen the replay of the video, if you didn't see it live, oh my gosh, it's like the wave, you know, it's all of a sudden, once people realize what's happening, the ones closest to the tunnel, he's running out, they all just start to stand up and then it just goes throughout the entire stadium and it was deafening noise and it was absolutely incredible. And especially for someone who has um, family in the military now, it was just like, oh my gosh, life changing. I just love that so much. So first military caller to give us a call now and tell us, tell Scott precisely that they want the chocolate heel is the winner of tonight for the sweetest moment. Six four one ten ten. Good job. I didn't even say the phone number. They're just supposed. <laughs> they're just supposed to know it off the top. Six four one ten ten. They're just supposed so, yeah. to know. So yeah, thank you. Just in general to all active duty and all veterans yes. as well. By the way, whenever you watch those videos, there's no way to watch it without crying. No, totally Not agree. one. It doesn't matter what game. It doesn't matter. I hate oh. the Gators, and that was such a great video. <laughs> it was. But especially to me, it's the kids crying yes. that gets you in yes. like that. Oh, my gosh. The oldest the, son. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we actually rewatched the game last night, my parents and I. Um, and so <laughs> normal, we got, by the way. yeah, we got to that point in it. And like we had to watch that part, especially, you know, a couple of times. But I can't blame you. I've watched the Super Bowl over and over again. It was funny to me because the wife and the mom just kind of steps back, you know, and lets the kids get all the glory. And, you know, she's yeah. like dying to kiss know, her husband. Right? I know. And then they cut away before. And I, I was know. like, oh, that was going to be so romantic. I 
know. Have you guys ever seen the ones where there, it's the animals? That yes. The military veterans. Oh. They'll surprise. They'll come home yes. and the animals freak yes. out. That's, oh. Like the dogs. Yes. Mostly dogs. I haven't seen a cat one, I don't think. No, I, I don't think A that. cat what one? What does a cat do? <laughs> yeah. A cat would be excited for you to come home. Oh Maybe. <laughs> Do I don't know that I would cat? show it. I, I want to get a kitten. You? I do too. Uh, you will learn quickly. I've had you guys share a kitten. No, I want my own. <laughs> yeah. We could just get like a brother and sister. Yeah, they can be friends, but I would <laughs> like my own. I grew up with cats, but now being up here, I just want a little furry friend. Yeah. Mm. And I don't have enough time for a dog. That's the thing. Right. Oh. So I'll get a cat when the season's over and we'll be best buds. I said we were going to talk about football. This I am is... so anti-cat. I'm so anti-cat. I'm allergic. Listen, when so I get my I will kitten, not be I will over. bring my kitten in here and you will love him. When we get our kitten. <laughs> There's gonna be we're going together. Apparently. Can you name it Donna and Lauren? Yes. <laughs> they will be boys named Donna and Lauren. Hey, you can go with Murphy and Brooks. That's Brooksy. Brooksy? You're the cutest cat of all time. <laughs> And then Murphy's like, no, you're the cutest cat of all time. <laughs> I love this idea. I want you guys to go away for like 10 minutes and then we'll see if the cat like, gets excited for you to come back. Probably. And then we'll, do a, whole, like, like we'll do a whole sad music in the background. But see, it does work like that You've for never, dogs. It is. Even 10 minutes. Yeah, you're 10 right. minutes oh my like, gosh, you've been gone to your home the whole time. I know. Right now but my cats purr. Yeah. And dogs. they cute little meows when they're babies. That's mm-hmm. true. Dogs protect you. Cats can't do that. Listen, I, I love dogs, too. Yeah. I <laughs> have a dog, and he's thing. great. Well, my parents do. But, you know, sometimes... It's mookie, mookie, I just right? feel like cats are Meek, looking at Meek. you, planning <laughs> to kill you. Yes, Miko. We all learned You've been over dogs. this, remember? <laughs> Miko uh, got fired. Miko did get not fired. Not that, but she's yeah. back on Twitter. She oh, is? Yeah, she is. Has she wow. spoken out? Oh, yeah. Oh. She definitely has. I would definitely advise to check her feed. She's not backing down. I assume is... she's angry. And her <laughs> avatar is actually a picture from the game, like her outfit of the game. Oh, oh wow. No. For people who missed it, Miko Grimes was arrested uh, before right. the Dolphins somebody game. And uh, she had her own talk show that was kind of discontinued. Her husband plays for the team, too. Yeah, her husband's a Dolphins who player. did not who have got a good injured, game. didn't he? <laughs> I know he didn't have a good game. I'm pretty sure Brent Grimes... I, it might not have been like a serious thing, but there was a sideline report about him getting injured. Whew. But it could be nothing. Who knows? Um, Alan Vorderlander joining us next, by the way. We'll have to ask him dogs v. Cats. Which, dogs v. Which cats. side he stands on. Cats so, want to kill you. I love oh, they do not. I know. So they do sit I. there and they're you like, I'm going to scratch no, your eyes out. You have out. to find a cat with a good personality. Yeah. Once you have one with a good personality, Who's like they're awesome. They are awesome. Although, Donna, I feel your pain because I had a cat and she was mean. And she only liked my mom. She didn't like me. And we think it's because we declawed her later on in life. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. And she hated us ever since. By the way, did that not sound like a fifth grade um, report? I had a cat and she was mean. (laughs) There's not. There really isn't any other way to say it. All right, speaking of cats and cats who suck, uh, at least this past weekend and the weekend before that, the Jags. How, oh, my God. How are you? That was awful. I'm like, I don't know where you're going. I know. That's, that's exactly where I'm going. Okay. Trying to get us back Did to some Did you know football. there is a, such a thing called Cat Team Brotherhood? 
in the NFL? What? Cat what? team brother. Between the Panthers, the Jags. The Lions and the and the Bengals. Man. They're, they're not, at the least you're not the Lions. That's There's cool. There's the, the bird gang and then their cat team brotherhood. So anytime like a cat team is playing a bird team, <laughs> you obviously know who to root See, for. See, that's why I want to get a cat. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to try to get into that cat team <laughs> sisterhood. <laughs> Sister of the traveling <laughs> cat <laughs> pants. What, if you like cheese, do you root for the Packers then? <laughs> Um, no, no. <laughs> but you could. I was I gonna go with if you Lawrence, like America. I got no, no done with it. I got no segues with the cheese one. Cheese, cheese head. I uh, like I cheese. Got, yeah, I, everyone likes Everybody cheese. Everybody loves right? cheese. All right, so <laughs> oh man, uh, Saturday and Sunday were very different this past weekend in general. But would you say, like, you said you reacted not as bad on Monday. Mm-mm. And we had just actually talked about the fact that a lot of people eat worse on Mondays. How did you do food-wise? I ate pretty good. Yeah, and you went to the gym, I saw, right? I, I did. I, I mean, I go to the gym usually on my lunch break. follow her again? The week. <laughs> Listen, none of this creepiness should surprise us by now. We know it exists. We know she's going to bring people, it to the table. If people tweet out pictures of themselves and what they're doing, then they're asking. But you are you on Twitter twenty four seven? Like I follow Blythe, but no. I did not see that. I I actually randomly look occasionally okay. throughout the day just to usually oh. it's because someone else says to me, "Oh, by the way, like yesterday, oh by the way, Brandon Leonard's out for the whole season." I'm like, "What? I missed that because I'm and working." Look. And then I look. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. it was on Instagram. That's where. Oh, it was. oh and maybe that's why because Instagram I do see way more than I see Twitter. Okay. <laughs> there's a commercial going on on tv right now um i would say for those who can't see us but again only the drone can see us and scott our producer um for abs and donna's doing the ab crunches that's with my guy man he does t25 i love it hip-hop oh, abs go. i bought that a few years ago <laughs> hip-hop hip-hop abs. abs you just sit there and this yeah. segment is i give up <laughs> down the drain i tried to bring it back <laughs> to football sorry <laughs> Uh, you know what? Luckily, we're going to talk some football next segment with Alan Berlander. And we're going to talk about the Navy Notre Dame watch party being put on by the Jack Sports Council in relation with the Tax Slayer Bowl. And, um, yep, that's Helmets and Heels. Don't be true. Find Helmets on 10 to next on 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Donna, Blythe, Amanda, Lauren, joining you every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. on Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Ladies, I'm going to keep us on track this segment, whether it we takes me... Whether it takes me um, with shut. some more terrible segues or not. Uh, all right. D-Murph, you're going to have to leave us before too long um, mm-hmm. tonight. So let's get to your favorite segment of the week. You like to call it Studs and Duds. Uh, my, Who's your first stud? My stud and my dud are both full teams. Oh. so Not a doing? company this week. Not a company. What are we? Are we doing studs first? Yes, ma'am. My stud is going to be... Alabama. Wow. I know. Shocking, right? It's going to be Alabama because they stepped up and said, swap, swap to Georgia. And I'm not a college football fan. That is true. And yes, there were not many um, exciting games, but there were surprises. You know, like Florida winning that big was a huge surprise. A surprise. Yeah. To me, the fact that both games ended in the same score was nuts. Alabama. 
stepping on the neck of Georgia was a huge surprise. So I'm going to go with Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. I like it, Blythe. My stud for non-football, I would have to say CeCe Sabathia. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, good one. Postseason is starting tonight, and I thought that it was something, as a you know, a diehard Red Sox fan, I, I hate anything that's Yankees. Um, but I think that him stepping away from the postseason to take care of something that is a disease for alcoholism is something that is really, really important and shines a light on something that is very underlooked. Or, or undervalued in this country. Um, so I, I think that it's it's a big step for him to, to take that leap, especially when his team is, is playing in the postseason tonight. Yeah, good um, one. Football-related, I'd have to go Jim Harbaugh. Um, I think that he's coached that team, that he, he barely recruited any of those players that are, that are playing for that team to a one-loss record. And uh, he, he caught a little bit of flack. I don't want to say he caught a little bit of flack, but um, he, he ins- instituted a, a rule for players to earn helmet stickers. And he said that basically a player would have to make him cry in order to get wow. a sticker. <laughs> like from from a, a good play to, to make him cry in order to earn a sticker on his helmet, which I thought was awesome. Uh, you find it interesting that Michigan was adopting that just based on the fact that uh, Ohio State did right. that and they hate each other so much that, like, to the point where, like, Michigan fans won't say the school Ohio State and Ohio State fans won't say Well, that, that's funny Michigan because school. whenever he was talking about it, he said there's also been a lot of talk about bringing back the helmet stickers. We're not going to be handling those for potty training or reciting the alphabet like they do down in Columbus. Ah, uh, yeah. You See, want a Wolverine his, sticker? There's his <laughs> jab, which is true. Those Buckeye uh, stickers, they will give to anyone and everyone. By the end of the season, they are covered in them. All right, Amanda, you stood. My stud is... Former Florida State running back Devontae Freeman. Oh yeah, thirty-seven points on my fantasy team. Yes, my fantasy team. He obviously was, was a fantasy stud, but he was also a stud in real life. He had one hundred and forty-nine <laughs> total yards on nineteen touches, fourteen carries for sixty-eight yards, and five catches for eighty-one yards. And he actually had a video where he thanked everyone for picking him up on their fantasy team. So you are welcome, Devontae. Yes. Uh, we thank you, Mr. Freeman. Freeman. Yeah. Uh, my stud, you knew it was going to be a Florida player. You probably just didn't know which one. I'm going to go with wide receiver Demarcus Robinson because for years we've expected for him to have a game like he did Saturday night. That move that he made in the first quarter to me, set the tone for the entire game. He shook a guy, and then he was gone. So I loved, of course, every moment from number 11 because he had a great game. And your dud, Miss Donna. My dud stays with the same game. Georgia, what happened? (laughs) Oh, Bulldogs went to sleep. Sorry. And you felt bad for their fans who sat in the pouring rain to watch that The only fan I feel bad for is Marcel. I love our Marcel. And he is the only fan I feel bad for because he's very likable. True. But I do feel bad for the ones that got poured on while they watched just a Ooh, miserable that was game. Sloppy. Yeah. All right, Blythe, your dud. My dud. Besides 24 teams in the NFL having a sub 500 record, I'm going to go with Mr. Ryan Tannehill, QB of the Dolphins, who reportedly gets his thrills by calling out <laughs> practice squad players who intercept him during the drills, saying, Enjoy your practice squad paycheck. 
enjoy your practice squad trophy. Rude. Like, that jerk. to me, yeah. Someone needs to take him How like rude. high school, take him by the neck, give him a nuggie and uh, be Kill like, well, yeah. You know what was interesting is, is and then Donna, before the show, she showed me uh, an article about Tom Brady, division rival, and Tom Brady actually pays the practice squad guys that intercept him. I saw that. And I think that's awesome, but I wonder how much. Probably not a lot. Maybe it's, it's obviously it's working out in his favor. It's yeah. working out in Tannehill's favor. I mean, I'd take 100 bucks for Nothing every pick. Nothing good comes from you tearing down your practice squad, guys. It's your own team. Like right, You never right. know when they're going to get elevated. Exactly. And you never know when your butt is going to get put to the practice squad. Because you're not, by right. the way, uh, have you noticed your team's record? Yeah, and have you noticed that your coach is fired and your future is now questionable? So maybe you shouldn't be talking like that. Maybe he'll learn his lesson. Although, I mean, at the end of the day, he just looks over to his bride and goes, yeah, I'm still doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm still great. (laughs) All right, Amanda, you're done. My dad is also on the Dolphins, wide receiver Richard Matthews. He uh, just didn't have a very great game. He was targeted only three times. In London um, against the Jets, and he had one catch for 16 yards. Did y'all wake up and watch that game, by the way, on Sunday? Um, I did. I didn't wake up early for it, but when I woke up, it was already on. (laughs) (laughs) You woke up super late on Sunday. Uh, It started at 9.30. Yeah. Right. So by the time I, like, got out of bed and, like... You know, got a cup of coffee. It was like 1030. This is totally going to be when Amanda's cat will be snuggling with her in bed. See, I'm preparing already. <laughs> oh, Brooksy. Oh, Brooksy. So cute and lovable. And that means you get Murphy. I'm not taking that cat. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, my dud. Oh, it's going to have to be Tennessee's football team. How did they lose that game to Arkansas? Just... A team that desperately needed a win. Granted, I know Arkansas needed a win, too, but they were on the road. Tennessee's reeling after losing to Florida like they did in that close game that came down to the end. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just no bueno for Butch Jones and his group. Um, So there's a certain person who knew exactly when to get here, and it was during our studs portion of the program. Did you like that, Alan? Yeah. (laughs) Alan Verlander is about to join us. And we're going to talk some Navy Notre Dame. Now, he's already decided who he's cheering for. Uh-oh. So, Alan, come on up to a microphone and tell us all about Saturday's first ever watch party for Navy Notre Dame at the stadium put on by the Jack's Sports Council. He's he's in a he's, very important business meeting. Oh, oh okay. So. So then I'll tell you can, all about the I first ever. Say, <laughs> I can say I, too, am uh, rooting for Navy. You certainly yes. are. Can you name any of the Navy players? No. Oh, <laughs> that's what Google's for. Real quick, Deemer. No. Real quick. All right. So the event is this Saturday, October 10th from 2.30 until 7 at the Bud Zone in Everbank, at Everbank Field. If you don't know where that is, I don't know what to tell you. Hi, Alan. How's it going? Great. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> Just bored to tears. <laughs> You've got a lot going on, I know. And I um, I briefly saw you last week, Blythe than I did, but we didn't get to talk to you um, at the event that Jack Sports Council put on. You didn't, you didn't say hey, on. right? Um, I was at the bar. So it, you weren't. I don't know what was wrong with that part of it. Um, I don't know where I was. Where was I? You were outside. Mingling. Yeah. And Mingling. so I tried. Is, you that were... the, is that the politically <laughs> correct term sure. for schmoozing? Uh, Whatever yeah, you want to call it. Okay. Really. Whatever. Right. Yeah. So obviously next year, 
we are going to play host to Navy and Notre Dame yes. at Everbank Field. So how did you guys come about coming up with the watch party there? And how did you orchestrate it? And is it difficult to kind of rent out Everbank Field? Tell us all the kind of good behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, they play this weekend and Notre Dame's got one loss. Navy's undefeated. So they're having a good year. Um, and we just figured since we're hosting this next year, we might as well flip on the video boards and have a big big shindig, right? And turn Absolutely. the Bug Club into a sports bar. And so, um, so far on Facebook, we've had 500 RSVPs. Nice. So it's been, it's been, it's been really well received. And so I think we'll have probably a thousand people there at the end of the day and it'll be fun. That will be fun. So will you be there? I unfortunately Not to have put you on the to spot. work. No, you're good. You can because that enables me to talk about my job. Um, I, <laughs> I have a that wasn't um, even planned. Was UNF it? men's soccer game. It wasn't um, Saturday night. We are playing host to Florida Gulf Coast, um, which is why I got out of college athletics. Which there are a lot of events that go Lots on to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so uh, we kick off at seven o'clock. There will be dollar beers there, by the way. So, so as soon as people she, finish will the, will at Everbank Field, uh, college they can come football to Hodges in Stadium. the press box of Hodges Stadium. Of course. Of course. And you may have to walk some donors up there, right? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, as soon as people are done there, they'll just come on down right. and, and watch some college football. Yeah, no. So um, it'll be a fun night. Lots of we actually have stuff all Friday night and Sunday, too. We have volleyball and women's soccer Friday night and volleyball Saturday and a swim meet Saturday at Episcopal and the men's soccer game Saturday night and the women's soccer game finishes up their season on Sunday. Wow. But it's because it's athletic wow. alumni weekend. So anyone out there listening that played sports at UNF at any point in time, come, come on, on out. out. Yeah, join us. We've That's got lots plug. of festivities. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for that. But um, so are you expecting there to be tons of Navy Notre Dame fans or just people in general that think this is a really cool idea? No, I think there, there'll be a lot of people that just think it's a cool idea. I think that, so, too. That, how many times do you get to watch a live event, other than Jaguar games, right. on the video boards? Um, <laughs> where, you know, you'll, you'll have Notre Dame people that are for their school. You'll have Navy people, probably a little less, <laughs> from their school. But it'll just be fun to get out there in Everbank Field and actually, you know, somebody's going to win the game and it'll be fun and it'll be something that you plan on. We're going to host this next year. And it's a big deal with the military community, with um, the Notre Dame community, with everybody in town. That's the thing. When we, when we announced this, it was much more than a football game. It was about uniting the city towards an event that everybody loves. So it'll be fun. You know, it, it, it's football and there'll be food and there'll be, if you like an adult beverage, there'll be an adult <laughs> beverage, or there'll be plenty of water, too. That's what I was going to um, ask. Will yeah. the concessions in the Bud Zone be open? They will be. Okay. You know, the the interesting thing, though, is um, what I was talking to Don about, this whole USC-LSU game. Right. There's a little bit of flooding going on there, which, yeah. Is, yeah. which is just Certainly. awful in those communities. So there's a possibility we could be hosting that. Ah, uh, you know. And so I've, I've been on the phone what, constantly. Yeah. Rick Callis has been on the phone constantly <laughs> trying to figure out, are we going to host that in Everbank? Which means we may have to move the watch this party. watch party somewhere else. Wow. So to your house. Oh, it's wow. been, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I may have to work that game. So I'm not sure that uh, that That's may work. True. That's yeah, true. I could probably fit three people in my house. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the cool thing about Jacksonville is we're a hub for a lot of these major sporting events. And um, it's fun to be a small part of it. 
Well, say that, that it goes according to plan and you guys do have the, the watch party still at the stadium this weekend. If I recall correctly, I think this is the first college game that will be broadcast on the full scoreboards. Because a lot of times you go to the games and, and they have the, you know, the score box on one side of it. And then they're showing, you know, as a little bit of a smaller portion. I believe this is going to be the first time the entire scoreboard is going to be showing the game, correct? That is correct. You know, it's um, every time you do an event there, you're having... Those screens are divided into thirds or fourths, depending upon how you you measure it out. And so this one, the game will be shown towards the entire scoreboard, which will be really cool. That's really, really exciting to me. You imagine, so Dallas, which everybody talks about having the largest scoreboards, they have 24,000 square foot of video capacity. Right. We have 42,000. 42,000 of scoreboard capacity. That's insane. I, I, I can't imagine. But you'll be able to not only watch the Navy-Notre Dame game, but we'll also have the other games on. Other A few people have zone, called so. this week and said, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, it's cool that Navy-Notre Dame are playing, but I'm a fan of this or I'm a fan mm-hmm. of that. or I'm, We all should be showing those games. Well, there's so a few TVs will in the bud zone to, to choose One or from. two. Yeah, one or two. Or a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, an update for my personal life. Uh, the Florida LSU game will be on at the rehearsal dinner that I have to attend in two weeks. So Ooh. that's good news. For everyone out there who is like that, you know, don't be afraid to ask the question, hey, will you have that on? I usually, before I go to any establishment, you gotta ask that. I call and I say, will you have the sound on? That makes or breaks my experience. So I assume you guys will definitely have the sound on. Uh, there's Maybe? probably a pretty good chance <laughs> that'll be on. <laughs> yeah, she had to ask. That, that, she had That's to right. Ask. There'll be a good chance that that is on. We um, it, it, it should just be fun. I mean, people should come out. If you're not interested in Navy Notre Dame, it's okay. Yeah, there'll be other games on. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's an opportunity to, to um have a barbecue sandwich or <laughs> just have a beer or something and just enjoy watching. As by you said. The first ever opportunity to watch a full screen game without all the blocks or the the advertisements right. going on. So it's it should really, be a lot of fun. 4K. I mean, it, it, from a technology geek standpoint, right. I'm really that's my most. That's I, my most I, I thought you were talking about you like a run. Other group here? A little bit. I'm sensing. She's on my phone, my computer. Yeah. I, mean. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a 4K before the event. I didn't hear about no. it. Like instead of I a 5K. There was a 4D. <laughs> No, it's 4K resolution. That that's or actually 8K. I think is our scoreboard or, or what our scoreboards 10. are. Because um, no a idea. lot of TVs I, I nowadays, their 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 resolution is 4K. So right. I did. I've heard of that before, but I really was thinking along the run. I'm going to Google that really quick. But you know, yeah. it is also cool at this event because typically when you watch games, you'll go to the bar that you know is your team's specific place, and so going to this is cool because you'll actually get to interact with fans of other teams that you don't normally interact with. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, when we were laying it out today in the office, okay, you're going to have the Florida game over here. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the FSU-Miami game, which is a small little game in our state over here. <laughs> you'll have some other games over here, and then you'll have the Navy-Notre game, Notre Dame game on the big screen. Yep. So if you want to, if you're a fan of all those, you can kind of rotate. Mm-hmm. And we had a single guy in the uh, office today, and he said, you know, this is perfect for me. Speed I should dating, be able to, right? I, Exactly. <laughs> I should yeah. be able to figure out a date. I mean, I can go to all the different ones and yep. have a beer at each one and figure out, you know, 
speed dating college football. I like the sound That's great. of that. Yeah. I think we're on to Where something. Where do you sign <laughs> up? I think yeah. we're on to something. Huh, you are. So That's it's free. It. For everyone who doesn't know, it's free. a completely free event, free parking, everything. Is there an e-ticket system? There, I mean, Eventbrite, and now you're over my head as soon as I said that. <laughs> so Eventbrite, um, and it's purely just a, a um, reservation system for us to know sure. how many people are coming so yeah. we can staff security and staff Absolutely. different things. But, um, you know, like I said, we've got over 500 people coming just on Facebook, but we've got another 500 that are just through our email system. So I think, they'll, you know, there'll be a lot of people that are just looking for a good time. And it's more than some of the sports cars, sports bars can handle. Um, so it should be fun. Yeah. No, it's, I've been, um, I've never been to a Navy game. I've been to some Notre Dame games. And it is fun to, to think about, like when you're thinking about it, you don't necessarily ever get to go sit in a stadium. And while the game isn't on the field in front of you, those video boards are incredible. Right. So you get to sit in a chair and like high five everyone around you just as you would right. versus at the bar, you know, like you might knock over a drink or um, there might be people walking by or you can't get a table for as many people as you want. And like, that's the fun part about being actually in the stadium. Oh, I yeah. love the idea. And you may knock over a drink <laughs> no. Saturday right. too. Al- Alan knows me well. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> giant klutz. But no, so I think it's going to be... That's though yeah of course (laughs) always yeah absolutely no i think for people who have especially if you've never if you're new in town you've never seen the video boards live let's say you don't necessarily want to go to a jags game i don't know why not but uh this is a great time to go for free Mm -hmm. it is stop off at a downtown you know bar head on over around 2 30 it's a great atmosphere i mean what what better atmosphere besides everbank field and those giant scoreboards no other bar can match that around town Sorry. Exactly. You got that right. Yeah, we're we're big fans of all the bars in town. Um, but <laughs> but and we are. I mean, all of us are, right? I mean, we, we appreciate all that they do for our city and bringing people in and showing all the games. But in this case, you're getting to see them on unbelievable. It's a unique opportunity. It, it is a unique opportunity. I like that word. Unique. <laughs> and so it's a unique opportunity. Come meet people you haven't met, network. But also watch a pretty cool game. I, I think Navy is as good as they've ever been in a long time. Uh, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. So um, Notre Dame's got one loss. Navy's got no losses. They're undefeated. And I think it's, a, it's an opportunity for Navy to really sneak up and beat them. Um, but you're doing it in the confines of Everbank Field, which we think is kind of a sacred ground. And um, within the, the video boards that are high def, Really AK, cool, did but also, <laughs> what are they? They AK? are 8K. So 8K. Not 8K. That gum, in the words of C. Spurrier. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look at that from the standpoint of not only Navy Notre Dame, but I can go to this concession stand and watch FSU. I can go to this concession stand, watch Florida, Missouri. Are you interested in that one? Um, I can go to this <laughs> I better stand not have to be paying and watch Georgia, attention. Tennessee, you know, just working around the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being politically correct in here. <laughs> then you've got all the opportunities to watch any game you want to watch. Exactly. And so um, it, it should be a fun time. And it will be... Assuming we're not playing the USC-LSU game. Right. So exactly. when will you know that? That's a good question. Yeah. Probably later tonight. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think that within within the floods and Columbia, it's it's, in, I know, it's, it's incredible it's terrible. and yeah. all that. 
And so um, they're really looking at opportunities to move it. I think they would easily move it to Charlotte, mm-hmm. but the race is there this mm-hmm. Sunday. Oh. And so you've got hotel issues. Yep. You've got um, the, the other thing within the Carolina, um, within their stadium, they just seeded their field. So you've got uh, a lot of different issues they're dealing with yeah. there. So we have said, listen, Jackson will make it, we'll make it worth your while. Let's move it down here. And so we'll see what happens. You know, okay. we got to, we've got to prepare for that to happen. All right. Well, again, it is this Saturday from 2.30 to 7 on Everbank Field. Jack Sports Council is the website to go to. You can just Google dot that com. in. You will, yeah, dot com. You can just uh, find all the information if you weren't listening close enough to us, which is free admission, free parking, concessions will be open. Go out and have a great time watching Navy Notre Dame. Alan Verlander, thank you so much for joining us. Ah, oh, it's great. I love being on Helmets and Heels. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows. Thanks. It truly is. Yeah, we paid him to say that. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it truly is. Y'all do a great job. Well, thanks, thanks Alan, and Alan. I'm sure we'll have you on again to discuss maybe some uh, curling coming up in 2016. Ooh, curling. Yeah, that's, that's a right. a little colder of a topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars football by women, for women, and men. Helmets and heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. So thanks again to Alan Verlander for joining us discussing this upcoming Saturday's Navy Notre Dame watch party. Uh, He said that I might spill a, a beer at the game because that's really the way that I roll. And, um, or coffee. And then as he was hugging me goodbye, he just knocked my adapter out of the thing. So I'm just going to say that now we're even, You're right? Even. Totally. Absolutely. So tonight is like special guest night. We started with right. Michaela Bradley, wife of Gus Bradley, head coach of your Jacksonville Jaguars. We moved on to Alan Verlander, who, again, we just had on to discuss that watch party. If you're not doing anything on Saturday, head on out. And then come to the men's soccer game at Hodges Stadium when... The Ospreys will take on Florida Gulf Coast Eagles. Hello, Coach Matthew Driscoll, our next special guest, now live in studio with us. How are you? I am awesome. The only thing is I was waiting for very, very tall women in heels. <laughs> and we ended up with, uh, just so you guys know, on the radio side, we got hats and flats. You're not supposed to give away our secrets. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, if you watch ESPN, half of them have the tops on, and then they got shorts underneath or sweatpants or nice right. nice tennis shoes. Absolutely. Yeah. They but you be do have the Pirates hat on, so that's great. I do. Uh, yeah, speaking, thank you for that um, mention because we are, uh, in the midst of some wild card games going on, Houston and the Yankees, and then yep. tomorrow night the Pirates play host at PNC Park to the Cubs. So, going to be some good baseball on the next. Has night. Tampa Bay signed Josh Scobie yet? No, nope. have not. They brought back their kicker Connor Barth, who they cut, bring back, cut, bring back. This is like the sixth time that they've done it. Honestly, <laughs> wow. sounds, sounds like so a relationship didn't... I was in. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I got a face for high-definition radio, so I was getting cut a lot. So I don't know. So for those who don't know, Coach Matthew Driscoll is the head coach of the UNF Osprey men's basketball team. And they had a little bit of success this past year. Yeah, you guys did okay last season, right? And we have, you know, know, our number one selling t-shirt in our bookstore is Uh our football t-shirt. Yeah, number one. I'm serious. No kidding. Your football team that doesn't exist, right? But it's still undefeated. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. It's it's great. It's a great great shirt. That's That's because they don't make t-shirts that show Coach Driscoll's face. Yeah. Well, 
Thank God. So, so yeah. <laughs> Unless team... you need to get rid of rats or something like that. <laughs> oh, silly. But, but we talk about football, and I know you guys are all over the board in different things with, with Alan. If he could get that done, obviously, LSU, just to see just a t- program like that that's right now in the upper talk with the Final Four, I would think it would be somewhere in the talk with that coming down here. But when you talk about Jags and, and Tampa, I, I think some of the people don't realize out there, and maybe in the sports world it's not not quite the same, but have you guys hit on the fact that like Tampa Bay needs this as badly as anybody else? They do, yeah. Like, do we think people are just going like, to... I think they're thankful we're coming to town. Oh, absolutely. They think the way the Jags are thinking right now. So all Jags fans are oh. like, phew, so glad we have Tampa because we can beat them. Well, Tampa's saying the exact same thing. Amanda's from Tampa. She won't be going this weekend, right? Nope, not going. Not going, but Blythe is going to what's, of course, affectionately known as the Tampa Takeover. Mm -hmm. Did you know there's about 2,500 Jags fans who will be in attendance at the game? I tell you what, we do have some great fans. I I will say that. I think think this fan base is, and I'm from Pittsburgh, so Steelers, obviously, there's a lot of when Steelers come down. But just out of curiosity, are you a Buccaneer fan? Um. Honestly, no. Well, don't yeah. For I believe. What, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> say yes For whatever or reason, I grew up. I grew up like thirty minutes outside of Tampa. I've lived there my whole life, aside from going to college in Tallahassee. And I was never a Bucks fan. I don't know why, um, but I just never was. And then I covered them for my job last year before coming up here. But I was never a fan. So, Jameis, what's your guys's take? Obviously, he's having some of the Blake Bortle first year type of situation that that mm-hmm. occurs. What's your guys's take? From him being at Florida State, as great as he was, to his short transition, but nonetheless, our secondary versus him. Well, first of all, thank you for taking over our show. He's fantastic. (laughs) We should have him in every week. You don't need us. I thought we were going to talk football. (laughs) No, we are. We are. That's what she's saying. This is fantastic. Yeah, you're asking. Have you guys already talked about it? Awesome. No, no, not not at all. You're doing a fantastic job. This is great. This is great. Um, Yeah, it's been hard to watch. Obviously, I'm a Florida State fan. That's my alma mater. Oh, okay. But seeing him be so successful in college, it's hard to see him now struggle. And I kind of had a feeling that would happen just because I know that the Bucks' offensive line is just non-existent almost. So that's so that's one of that's one that's of your issues. One issue, yes, okay. yes. He obviously is throwing interceptions. Um, I haven't watched every single game of his just because obviously some of them are on the same time as the Jags game, um, but. He definitely, I think, is playing worse than Bortles did. I could be wrong because I wasn't here. Um, am I wrong or am I right in that? No, you're about right. Okay. And we had some line issues. More picks. It, it, yeah. More picks. It, offensive line issues are, are, are a problem for, for teams all across the league. But yeah. I think what worries me the most about this game is that Jameis threw four interceptions last weekend, but they still scored 23 points. Right. And we cannot score in the second half. So, so that's what I'm really most worried about when it comes to this matchup. I think it's still a winnable game. I hope that we come away with a win, but... I, I think I'm already at week five at this point in the season. Like, I'm just so okay with losing. And like I said earlier oh, in the show, it's become this bad habit where I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm becoming numb to the losses. And, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that I'm not letting it affect my life like I have before. Um, but like I said, I mean, it's, it's already week five and I'm kind of just like, okay, well, I guess I can, I'm just going to control what I can control. Well, so your take is you think, Blake actually had a little bit of a better situation. I, I, 
I know. I, I think that this team is definitely still very young. Um, when you compare the rookie seasons of Blake compared to our to Jameis's rookie season, I, I think that Jameis has a lot more of a supporting cast. He has a number one wide, wide receiver. And the kid and, was and, a beast at A and M. Made Johnny ma- made Johnny Manziel some money now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny Manziel, don't get me wrong, he's he's a really good player, but right. yeah, show me the money. But. And they have a playmaker already, and I don't know that we have a playmaker on offense just yet. And it might have been Blackman. It, it could have been, but that's, uh, that's uh, no, I'm, no, kind of I'm, a Marquise just, Lee. Yeah. But, but I'm just <laughs> throwing that out. No, but, no. But, but he was here, though. Right, right. Not, not exactly. a guy that we didn't draft. I'm talking about a reality of... We traded up to get him. The Joker was here. Right. Yeah, I remember going to the, uh, the launch party down at... Uh, it's not there anymore. Uh, Whiskey big... Rivers. Oh, okay. what's your, what's oh your I was take? there, too. The, the here we go draft. again. We're talking about bars again. I, I thought... <laughs> we do a lot of that. Uh, what's your I'm of the philosophy that Jameis will improve towards the second half of the season that the offensive line may not get any better, but he mentally will start to kind of see the field like he did in college. He didn't throw a whole lot of picks in college. He didn't, didn't throw, you know, his freshman year, obviously way less than his sophomore year, but still I think he'll improve as time goes on because I'm still of the philosophy that he's going to be an excellent NFL quarterback. He had about, does he have like three guys in the NFL that are pretty good wide receivers? Yes. One of them is the ACL, I think, for Carolina. But the, the, mm-hmm. uh, Kelvin Benjamin, yeah. is who you're referring to, and then we have yes. Rashad Green. And, and um, so you're talking about some pretty, some pretty good situations. Right. And I mean, you know, here's the devil's advocate side of interceptions. At least they're attempting, they're letting, they're trusting their quarterback, letting him throw downfield. And some of those picks shouldn't have been. Those throws shouldn't have been made at all. However, like, he's going to learn from that. It's you correctable. Know? It's yeah. one of the few things in the NFL that's correctable. Right. So we'll see. So how do you take their 23 points? So she makes the comment they at least scored 23 points. So do you take that as a their defense is going to create this situation? Their special teams are that special? Like, how are we going to score 23 points well, the Jags? No, I'm, no, I'm saying Tampa Bay. I'm concerned about Tampa Bay right now. Because everybody's been able to score. So are they going to score? Like, Tell me what your feeling is on that. Like, That was a great comment you made. They still scored 23 points and he had four interceptions. Well, I think Blythe was saying that even though... Wait, the Bucks scored yes. 23 points? Last yes. weekend, that, that Jameis still scored 23 points on four turnovers. But he had right. four but turnovers. He had four turnovers right, right, which is kind of what happened when he was at Florida State, too. There would be so many turnovers, and we'd be like, crap, th- like we totally lost this game. <laughs> and then something crazy would happen, and Florida State would win. So they're finding ways to score despite creating turnovers, which is good, and that's something that the Jaguars don't do, minus the turnovers. They just can't score the points. So in this game... You just, they got to score in the second half. That's the biggest thing. And they have to be organized and figure out how to make it happen in the red zone. That's the biggest, biggest thing. So the red zone in the second half is the biggest issue? Is that what you I would say the red zone in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're they're finding their way near there and then they don't execute and don't convert on most of the drives. And that's, uh, of course, a major issue. Whether that means your field goal kicker is missing, whether that means you're just not connecting with your receivers. You know, there's, there's a lot of different issues. But yeah. What would, what would you do, Coach? Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure because I don't watch him enough. <laughs> I just don't have a good enough feel for their different talent. But but I would like to ask this, though, now that you just threw it on me that way. No, 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 <laughs> What no, do you no. think it's like for us? You're throwing all these questions at <laughs> us. It's your show. Exactly. It was our show. I'm the guest. I'm the guest. <laughs> but I, I, guess, I guess what I'm going to ask you is, so you get to the red zone. Uh-huh. So each of you is the offensive coordinator. 
what do you feel like we should do since you guys know the team so well? Run right. Every time. <laughs> run, right. right. Why do you say that? Because the, the yards that we get on each carry when you run to the right versus up to the middle or the left is significantly better. By like 17 yards. I think we had one attempt to the right for 17 yards and then, you know, a couple yards to the left and, and up the middle has just been a little do bit you, of Do you ball. like their prey calling in the red zone? Do you think we should pass more? Do you think mm-hmm. we should check down more? Run. Do you think Denard Robinson should get the ball more? Do you think TJ Yeldon? I know we Yeldon. go to Yeldon. We go to Yeldon a ton now. I know, and I think we actually do it too much sometimes because teams we play against expect the Jags to run Yeldon. So they're going to crack the box. Yeah, they are going to be on top of him um, because that's what they're expecting. Um, The Jags ran a cool reverse play with Tony Washington that I liked because that was completely unexpected. I can't remember if it was successful or not. Do you guys remember? Mm-mm. That was not. That was the one that wasn't the one that he got um, a good yardage for. Okay, okay, but I liked it because it was completely unexpected. They hadn't run that before. Tony Washington hadn't really seen any playing time, so that was cool. Um, the thing is, there isn't a right answer to this question. <laughs> well, I'm curious though. What? But what would you do? Like, yeah. what are they not doing? I know. That you think we should? For instance, do you think we should play faster? Do you think we should play in a shotgun more? Do you think? Because I know Burles goes under center right. a lot. Yeah. I um, think I don't. I wouldn't disagree with our tempo or really most of our play calling. I would say that it's just a matter of execution. It's exactly. a matter of it's a matter of when it's drawn up, do your job. Like, and I'm not just yeah. saying that as in the cliche phrase, but literally, when the ball is thrown, do you catch it? Doesn't sound that difficult, but clearly it is. When the ball is handed off to you, make sure that the offensive linemen do follow their blocks, or the runner follows the block, and the offensive linemen actually do what they need to do and manhandle the person in front of them. And it seems like when the offensive linemen play, have a really good play, that's when we trip and fall. Or when Blake throws the ball perfectly, that's when the routes run the wrong way. So it, to me, it comes down to actually doing, and I'm sure you know this with your team, actually doing what you've been coached to do and what the the play call has been designed to do. So execution is the bottom line. That's what I think. But I'm players make plays. I'm just on the radio. What would you do in this situation, Coach? Ballers make plays. Somebody (laughs) said that. I like that. (laughs) He said that by the way. That was that was a good one. Ballers (laughs) make plays, you're right. Um what do you do when your players don't do their job? What do you do? Well, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a it's a double edged sword. Right. Number one is it's got to be a correctable error, and you have to have a way to coach them and explain why this is a better way to do it. And then number two is I think videotape is huge. I think when you go to the sideline and you're looking at those iPads and you're seeing the way people are getting those different reads and you're able to, to really focus on that as it comes down from upstairs, I think those in-game in situations, those adjustments can be made quickly when you have people that are on the same page and understanding what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But I think as a coach, you really want to have – like. I don't know about how Coach Bradley and how football does, but we want to have a player-coach team where the guys understand through practice and through being put in situations like they do red zone all the time. Right. I mean, I've been to practice. Sure. So how do you translate that? In my opinion, this is just my opinion, and I know enough about athletics. In my opinion, we have a mental issue, and I'm going to tell you why. Because everybody is having a mental issue. It's game. It's week five. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel. We're in this red zone, and oh my goodness, here we go again. Up oh, here it goes again. Oh, this guy did this. This 
We have a mental situation that's going on that somehow needs to be corrected. And the only way it can be corrected is if you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I got to correct this and we've got to do something about this. And we got to understand it's it's about me. Mm -hmm. And and I have to do my job like the Patriots always talk about. But I think that's something. And I'm sure they have psychologists and sociologists and all those colleges, people, people that come (laughs) in and talk. I'm not on call. I don't know about But <laughs> but, but, but they have but they have all these people that come in and talk to these guys and explain this. But in my opinion, it's it sounds simple, mm-hmm. but I think there's a mental barrier that we have to overcome. And Blake's the, the leader. I mean, he's stirring the drink. Yeah. So he's got to be the here we you go, and another reference. I, I got my Dunkin' Donuts right here. <laughs> uh, but, but 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 in my opinion, I think I think that's part of the issue in the red. Yeah. Because think about this: how important is the red zone? The most important thing. 100% important. Yeah, absolutely. So what did the NFL uh, uh, network do? Red they made a red zone. channel. Right. How yeah. important is it? They made a channel about it, right? right. And everybody channel. loves it, right? Yeah. When I watched at the bar, that's what I'm watching. You use statistics, <laughs> right? So, so if it's that critical, why do we have a mental barrier and why are we making those kind of yeah. assignment errors and, and whatever you guys call it? You guys know better than I do, but that's my opinion mm-hmm. that we need, I don't know. We need, to, we need to fix our heads. So, yeah, fix so our heads. say you're in, in Gus's position right now. What do you do? What do you tell the team? And you know what? You're going to think about that while we go to break because we oh. got to go to break really fast. Let me call Sorry. Coach <laughs> real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Helmets and Heels on 10 to next on 92.5 FM. Built by Drake Fighters Home. Girls just want to talk football. More helmets and heels. Built by Dreamfinders Homes. Now on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. And we also love some Ricky Martin. Never get old. Welcome back to Helmets and Heels. Built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It is Jags versus Bucks week. Jags v. Bucks. It's a big week. People are obviously heated. Um, people are, some fans are discouraged. Some are over it. Others are sad and crying. Um, but lots of people are taking to social media to kind of voice their opinions on how they feel about the Jags season thus far and how they feel about certain players. Um and how they're doing their jobs, specifically a couple Black players. Playoff. Right, a couple of players have have uh, joined the social media conversation, if you will. Um, and we kind of just wanted to get into it. Just, I don't know if we want to be the voice of reason here, but I think that sometimes it gets a little out of hand because people on social media feel like they're not visible so they can hide behind their computer screen or their phone and just say whatever the heck they want and um, think there aren't any consequences. But some things were said that I don't really agree with necessarily. Um, So it was Alan Robinson and Sanderic Marks that kind of got into, I wouldn't call it a feud, right? No, No, it's not really a Just commentary. Fans are obviously annoyed with them. And Alan Robinson made a comment that's true and it wasn't rude, but some fans kind of took offense to it. He said the players are going to do what they do 
the fans do what they do and the media do what they do. Something along those lines, which is so true. It is. And um, fans didn't like that very much. Yeah. Here's what I would have to say to the fans. And this would be what would annoy me the most as a player. Um, Fans, you're out there drinking beer, having your sausages in the parking lot. Right. You're watching football at night casually while having, you know, family dinner, eating whatever you want, Mm -hmm. in theory, for some of them. Meanwhile, I am busting my butt every single day of the year, working my tail off to become the best possible shape I can become, watching film, studying the playbook. I spend so much more time focused on my craft than you probably do from your regular job. Not everyone, just again, some of these people, Mm -hmm. probably the ones that are the mouthiest. And that's what would frustrate me is like, you have no idea the effort I put into it. And do I make mistakes? Sure. Do you make mistakes at your job? Absolutely. Coach Matthew Driscoll is going to join us for our final few minutes. Coach, have you ever gotten any negative commentary on Twitter? Absolutely. And the one, you know, when you lose games, you get it the most, Mm -hmm. you know, because nobody, nobody wants to say anything when you win. I tell the media all the time that, you know, it's you know you're the head coach of University of North Florida. Only when, I, and I always answer, yeah, only when we lose. You know, because everybody wants to come at the head coach. Right. And, and, and in this profession, because it is a profession and they're making millions of dollars, so to speak, I would say this. There's a market value for everybody. And you really can't. We shouldn't be upset that a guy signs a contract for X amount of dollars because that's what the market, that's what the team, that's what the owner, that's what they're going to get paid. So why wouldn't they do that? It'd be like if your son was a great violinist and the Boston Symphony was going to give him two million dollars, you're going to say, "Nah, I really want him to stay here and work it." You know, whatever. Sure. So I think sometimes as fans, we forget it. We, we always put more value on the money and say, well, just because the guy's making more money. Like, I made $4,800 as a Division three head coach, and I work just as hard now as I worked then. Mm-hmm. So it isn't like we change who we are. Right. So that's the one thing I think is disappointing when the players get, get taken at from that vantage point. But, but I will say this. I think, you know, you look at the Texas situation with the kid answering his Twitter. I was going to mention that, too. In the middle of the I game. Mean, I mean, that's, that, that to me, that's, that, that's just like, that's just the opposite. So now you've lost the yeah. locker room. Now you've lost your team. You know, as a coach, you asked me, what would I do if I was Gus Bradley? Well, the first thing is I think the elephant's in the room. And we better talk about the elephant. Everybody's disappointed. Everybody doesn't think we're this. Well, let's talk about how we can correct this as opposed to just sugarcoating everything and right. making everything whatever, you know, wonderland as opposed to it being reality. Right. So to me, that would be the first thing I would address. Look, right. here's where we are. Here's what's going on. Now, here's how we can fix it. How do we fix it? We, we fix it by doing this, by mm-hmm. making sure we actually may. But how do we do that? Well, we're going to continue to work at it, doing this. and So I think we have to have a realistic approach to it. But, man... Right. I tell you what, I tell you what, it's it's amazing how people will quickly, you know, jump on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, social media is meant for that interaction, so I get it. The problem is our mindset about it. So fans think that they are owed wins. Like, they deserve for you as a player to be doing your job and to get me as a fan a win. But that's not how it works, you know? Like, a player's mentality, they don't really necessarily care what the fan thinks they care about their job like am i still on this roster tomorrow can i be better can i help my teammates be better can i get wins well they want to win right right I mean, that, that's the one thing i think that people exactly they want to win and i think that it, it for me what crosses the line and, and i think it's 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 just a lose-lose situation i said this on earlier on twitter today that fans shouldn't it, it, it social media is great and that you can have that instant connection with players but whenever you take it beyond 
and you start criticizing them for their on-the-job performance through that same medium, I, I think that that's when you get into a dangerous situation. And then when players are reacting to that, I think it's, it's just lose-lose all around. Mm-hmm. I think if it we is. were watching a team that was looked like they were taking plays off and didn't care, that would be one thing. This team is clearly trying to win the game. Right. At times, are they making you know, egregious mistakes. Sure. But they're, they're trying and they're devastated when they're losing. And to me, it's just ironic that a fan ever thinks that they care more about winning than the player does. Right. Like seriously, no, just because you buy season tickets does not mean that you care more than that player. That's their livelihood. And it's their passion clearly, or else they wouldn't be doing this. Your vernacular, by the way, on this show is unbelievable. You guys use some really big words. (laughs) Coach Driscoll and I had a meeting earlier today, and I used the word proclivity, and he stopped the meeting, and he was like, what? Okay, but Lauren does use big words all the time. But the fact that she said medium is really yeah, impressive. Right. I mean, that's... Uh, that's, that's uh, we are smart sometimes, I Coach didn't Driscoll. say that. I didn't, that's, not my, that's not my point. My point is you Hats guys... Hats and flats, baby. Yeah, you, guys, you, guys are really, you guys are really high end. I'm impressed. So um, if you're... Gus Bradley, what are and you, you see your players interacting with fans online? What do you say? Do you say anything to them, yeah, or do you yeah, just you, tell them to relax? Yeah, and you have to go. You have to go and cut that off because it, I think you hit it on the head. It's 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 a it's a lose lose situation. Right. And now you're putting that particular person in the light that that person probably doesn't want to be put in. They're reacting because of depression. Just so you know, when people lose, they get depressed, mm-hmm. and when you get depressed, sometimes you do things that you really. You involve your emotion. Exactly, which is is so critical in a professional. But the other thing is, I think when you're doing it, you're just feeding the fire. Mm -hmm. And now you're getting more people to throw some gasoline on the fire. The next thing you know, it's out of control. So how do you bring it back in? I think the best thing to do is just ignore it. And don't even say, look, I'm going to ignore it. Don't even answer it. Because once you even say one thing, they know they got you. They know you got you on the hook. So I I think the players, yeah, it's probably a bad situation. And um, wrapping up, uh, if you want more of Coach Driscoll, he will be at Osprey's Hooptoberfest between 1 and 5 p.m. Sunday, October 25th. $10,000. You have no excuse not to go, people, because that's the day that the Jags play in London. Okay. So the game will be well over, right. unless you're going to London, and that's a whole other you know, scenario. But come out and join us, UNF Arena, 1 to 5 p.m. Sunday, October 25th. $10,000. You can win $10,000 if you sink a half-court shot. Half-court shot. One lucky person that's will be... Bad. We'll be entered to win that contest and get to compete on the court. We'll have on-court promotions and prizes and all sorts of fun Season stuff. Season tickets on sale. Season tickets on we sale. We only have we'll about have... 280 left. We do. So wow. literally, if you want to sit in the lower bowl, awesome. you better get there. You better get your tickets. There will also be chances to uh, hold and get pictures with the A-Sun Championship Trophy. You'll get to meet the teams. They'll be scrimmaging, all sorts of fun stuff. Head on out for that. And speaking of social media, someone tweeted us. Steve Clayton said that this segment featuring Matthew Driscoll may be your best segment ever. Oh, wow. So there you go. He is at you enough th- people on Twitter. Gar- you had the Garrards. That was, oh, yeah. That there was we go. The Garrards favorite. trump the Driscoll. All right. We will be back to check in with Fat Tony. Thanks again, Coach Driscoll, for joining yeah, us. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you, guys. a lot of fun. And we will certainly have you on throughout the season. I kind of, you know, get a... A uh, special place in my heart for the Ospreys. So there we go. Swoop. I get to call the shots. Swoop. There you go. I love it. <laughs> All right. We'll be back on Helmets and Heels built by Dream Funders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM.